0: If there's not a seat for you at the table, grab a chair and pull it up. And that means that you need to really make yourself heard and seen. And not everyone's going to invite you to the table, but that doesn't mean that you can't be at that table. So take your chair, have them move over and sit down and share your story. And when you get a chance to do that, people will now begin to listen. And so that's why it's real important when people say, do you have a seat at the table? Well, not everyone does, but you can bring your own chair. And I think that's so important.
1: Have you ever noticed that some of the best ideas come from unexpected places? Your next breakthrough may come from a leader facing similar challenges, but in a completely different sector. Welcome to Chief Influencer. I'm your host, Anthony Schopp. Join us as we explore how today's successful leaders inspire, influence, and connect with others. Chief Influencer is a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board, who have teamed up to spotlight how great leaders and communicators are making their impact in the world. This episode is brought to you by the George Washington University's College of Professional Studies. With in-person and online programs, ranging from master's degrees in public relations strategy to certificate programs and digital communications, GW offers more than just the credentials to help working professionals get ahead. It prepares them to be leaders in their field. As a proud GW graduate myself, I can attest that faculty members combine academic rigor with real-world lessons that can't always be found in textbooks. Check out cps.gwu.edu for more information. Today, I am so excited that we are joined by Nidra Dixon. She's a recognized champion for women and diverse-owned businesses, who serves as Global Supplier Diversity and Sustainability Managing Director for Accenture, where she leads and promotes the company's efforts to maximize procurement opportunities with diverse businesses as suppliers and subcontractors within 17 countries. Nidra has grown Accenture's mentoring program of diverse suppliers globally, and is responsible for growing Accenture's supplier diversity spend to over 30% in the U.S. And for those of you who don't know what supplier diversity is, we're going to talk about that so that you can understand that world. Nidra holds several board seats within the supplier diversity community, including, most recently, chair of the WeBank Board of Directors. Nidra has been recognized for her achievements and leadership in promoting diversity and inclusion and creating opportunities for diverse businesses, including being honored in WE Magazine as one of America's top 100 leaders in corporate supplier diversity and being recognized as WeBank Corporate Mentor of the Year in 2017. I even saw her featured in uh, Times Square on a billboard, which maybe we'll have a chance to talk about. So she is everywhere in this space. Nidra's experiences include technology support, delivery center implementations, SAP development, operations management, customer service, and sourcing and category management. She grew up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas and earned her MBA from the University of Southern California, her BS degree from Florida State, and her BA degree from California State University at Northridge. Nidra, welcome to Chief Influencer.
0: Thank you, thank you, Anthony. I'm so excited to be here. Really looking forward to a good conversation.
1: Well, we are too. I mean, I've watched you from afar and gotten to know you over the years. And I know there are so many amazing lessons that you're going to be able to share with other leaders. And so I'm ready to to dive in. As, As you know, this whole idea of chief influencer is the idea that some leaders are just able to achieve an outsized impact because of how they influence others. And sometimes that's on the outside, but sometimes that's on the inside And obviously uh, your organization is a pretty big organization. It's larger than some countries. So I wanted to start by asking you, um, can you tell us who do you have to influence to achieve the impact that you want to see in the world, but also inside of Accenture?
0: Absolutely. Accenture has over 700,000 employees globally. And One of the stats that I always like to say is during COVID, we hired over 130,000 people. So those individuals did not go into an office. So they were not meeting anyone. So it was really key for us to be unique in how I was able to reach people, to really educate them on what is supplier diversity. And so I think that is One of the things that I had to do as I prioritize, how do I reach everyone internally to let them know the great things we're doing, but also the value add that not only we're doing for Accenture, but how we can bring these to our clients as well.
1: So we obviously supplier diversity is a world that you are a leading expert in and recognized by so many, but many people uh, who are listening or even maybe who work at Accenture just may not know what that even means. So can you tell us about supplier diversity? What is it? Why does it matter? And how do you kind of sell that story so that people understand the importance of it and the work that you do?
0: I believe, you know, when I get a chance to really sit down and tell everyone what does supplier diversity mean? I take a step back and I let them know that most people resonate with inclusion and diversity. And that is that diversity of our workforce. And we really are focused on that. But when you start to think about your supply chain, your goods and services and purchasing those, that is what supplier diversity is. And it becomes working with those small businesses and those diverse owned businesses that are 51% owned by an underrepresented or underserved community. And then I also want to put in the side that we're talking about now around ESG, the environment, social, and governance. And that social side, again, brings in the small businesses from those communities that large corporations like Accenture would have never engaged in the past. So when I put all of that together, supplier diversity is really finding those opportunities from those small businesses from those communities that have been overlooked, underrepresented and really integrating them into the supply chain when we think of everything. And especially now with the disruption in the supply chain, it is perfect timing to leverage these businesses.
1: You have, we heard, you know, grown uh, Accenture's supplier diversity spend. Can you talk a little bit about that and the efforts that are needed to 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 make that happen.
0: Yes, and you are a part of one of those reasons as a graduate of our mentoring program, DSDP, which is Diverse Supplier Development Program. And what we realized was that the businesses and the um, diverse suppliers are amazing, but how do they navigate such complex organizations like an Accenture? So it's not that the diverse suppliers can't work with us. It's the large business trying to be able to, you know, set it up so that you can grow and flourish. So once we understood that, we were like, let's bring in Accenture people, partner them with these amazing diverse suppliers and peel back the layers and look for those unique opportunities that might not be right in front of us. As procurement professionals, where you see most supplier diversity programs sit, they're looking for those opportunities that's right in front of them. And I think when we stepped outside of that and started looking at unique opportunities, and even that's exactly what you all did, and finding that, then that spend will organically grow. And that is how we were able to do that because that drives that real value add and that return on investment. And one of the other things that I always like, and I love STAT, and I believe it was the University of Washington that said for every $1 million that's spent with a diverse supplier, you're creating 10 jobs in the community. So now you're beginning to see that economic impact. And so we were able to really sit down, develop the suppliers, and we weren't looking at, oh, we're going to develop 500. We wanted to find those that were unique and that they were doing really specialize in what they did. And how do we help them grow? How do we help them scale? How do we help them navigate the organizations, these corporations? And once we did that, we saw our spend just naturally grow.
1: That's awesome. So you know what we kind of have heard so far is the, the impact that um, supplier diversity makes, the work that you do, For the economy, the economic impact, the jobs, and why it's so important to have a champion like you inside of the company. But you're one person among, you know, 700,000 people, the size of a country, trying to get that message out. Obviously, anytime we're trying to get a message out to a lot of people and and they're busy doing lots of things, it can be hard to sink in. Um, So I want to talk to you a little bit about the strategies that you have used because you've done it so well to advocate for supplier diversity, for diversity inclusion inside of Accenture and outside in the world. And a big part of that, I know, comes down to this um, overlap between your personal brand and your professional brand. And so can you talk a little bit about the approach that you take and what makes you different? Because I'll tell you, in the, the supplier diversity and the diversity inclusion world... You know this. I mean, you're a very well-known. You're a recognized leader inside of Accenture. Many more people know who you are than others who are maybe at the same level in the organization. So you're doing something special to influence people, and we want to hear a bit more about that.
0: Well, thank you, first, for those kind words. Um, you know, it's I always say that I have one of the coolest roles within Accenture um, because I actually get to see that tangible impact. And I think that is just something that's um, always fueled my spirit and really drives the passion. But being in Accenture, you're always looking at what's your professional brand. And as I've been here going on 22 years, I realized that the brand I built inside was I can grow something. So I can take an idea from its infancy stage and I can look at how do we really grow this globally? or scale it, or even build a capability out. And so I realized that that was really how I built that professional brand. But as I started getting in supplier diversity and going to the amazing conferences and meeting so many people and meeting so many diverse suppliers, I really have a love of shoes. And I believe that to get to know someone, that conversation has to be really authentic if you're really gonna learn how to bring a corporation and a diverse supplier together, that has to be an authentic way. And so as I go walking through these conferences, so many people would compliment me on the shoes that I had. And I've had a love for shoes growing up. And um, I've always watched from my grandmother to my mom um, wear amazing shoes. And that was just something I always loved. So that started my conversation on many times during the halls that I would walk of all the supplier diversity conferences. And as I started to do that, I realized that became a good conversation to have. Once I had that, then I got to know them. Then I started to understand what was the skill set. Then I started to understand how I could really match them within Accenture. So once I learned that my shoes was really um, a brand that everyone got to talk about, I started to bring that back internal. So as I started meeting these amazing suppliers and I needed to match them with the right opportunity, then I started going to our town hall. I started making sure that I was doing every community service so that I can meet more people internally. And I was also wearing fabulous shoes. And as I started to see that they too noticed my shoes. And I will tell you, Anthony, it was one day I'm walking, I'm in the elevator and I look at someone, they're like, oh, nice shoes. I look up and it's our North America CEO, Jimmy Etheridge. And I'm like, he likes my shoes. So we started talking about it. And I realized I'm like, yes, you know, I have to walk through, I want it to be comfortable and I want it to be great. So I started going on this, I started meeting everyone. People would always say I have good shoes. I'm in a town hall. It's about 400 people. We're in inside Accenture and I'm waiting for our CEO to get up and to speak. And he starts it off by saying, Oh, Nidra, look at the shoes that I have on. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it became my personal brand. And he even stated after that, if you guys don't know what Accenture is doing with supplier diversity, call Nidra and let her know what shoes you have on. Wow, that is so cool
1: that I mean, it's so authentic to you, right? It's something you said since you were younger, but it's created an opportunity to have a connection point with other people and just to help people kind of remember you and keep you top of mind, which is a big part of influence, isn't it?
0: It really is. And if I'm going to do what I'm tasked to do, is to make sure that I find real opportunities for diverse-owned businesses, I've got to know the business. I've got to know the people and I've got to build that relationship over time to be able to make that real connection between the business people of Accenture and the diverse supplier. And so it really has created that influence of being able to make that real opportunity, you know, available for the diverse supplier. So you
1: figured out the the personal brand approach that works for you. Can you talk to us about some of the tools um, and tactics that you use to make sure that folks inside of Accenture know who you are, know what a supplier diversity is, know that they can call on you for that? I know you have some things that are internal only to your company and then you have other tools that you use that are available to all of us. I'd love to hear a little bit more about how you scale that brand to reach the right people with the right
0: information. Oh, I think that's so important. It's the right people with the right information, what you just said. And I think what people have to see is they have to see it to know how to apply it to their day-to-day. And so I would start out with posting any success story. And I'll take it far as back as to when I remember you all won supplier of the year at NGLCC. That's right. If you remember, I was so excited. And we took a photo. And this photo was, you know, just uh, us standing in front of a step and repeat. And I took that photo and I submitted it to our corporate citizenship um, team as we do a major report that's released by our CEO every year. And I know people submit hundreds of photos, but I was so excited. I wrote up a great story on how this relationship had just. Evolved with Social Driver, right? It just really came in and we were able to really build this relationship. And that picture and that story got in that report. I had so many people begin to reach out to me that was like, wow, this is amazing. So, this is a small business. And so they wanted to know more. So, that was the start of me just not being afraid to really submit this for a big report that's going to go out to all of Accenture that's being submitted by our CEO. And then I started to go, wow, let me get this on social media. And I was able to take any success story we had and really begin to share that and share it on every channel that we had. But I was able to determine which channel would work for which people. And so I think that also helped. So if I look at LinkedIn, I was able to have so many senior leaders follow me. And with supplier diversity being in procurement, there were many chief procurement officers, many supply chain professionals. So I made sure that they saw how a small business was integrated successfully into a supply chain. So I would share those stories and I would use those right hashtags, right? If it was supply chain, If it was inclusion and diversity, if it was, you know, around supplier diversity, supplier inclusion and diversity, making sure I had all of those different tags that people use it because it's called so many different things and diversity is defined differently in different countries. So I had to make sure that it was defined that way. And internally we have what we call good morning Accenture and That is something that comes up every single morning when I log on, I'm having my coffee. And if I have a great story, I will make sure that that goes out internally. So I hope that I get a chance to have this great video. And I will put that out to make sure that everyone understands the great work you're doing and how they can take that and potentially leverage them at their client.
1: You will definitely get the the recording of this, the video and everything. I wanted something you said that just stuck with me that I think is such an important lesson. We've done all this research around what makes someone a chief influencer? How do chief influencers stand out above, um, above other leaders? And one of the five pillars is that they, we call it, learn the lingo. Whatever platform or tool that they're using, whether that's inside company vernacular or LinkedIn, using the right hashtags, tagging people in the right way by using that at sign and making sure that you tag them. And I just want to highlight that, that you mentioned, you're taking photos of these suppliers, you're writing these posts, but you're taking the time. And it does take time, but once you figure it out, it happens pretty quick Mm -hmm. to use the right hashtags because then these tools are all powered by algorithms and it knows who to show this stuff to. I don't know if you have anything to to add to that in terms of how you've gone about that and how you make that easy, but it's just such a really important point for leaders using platforms, particularly LinkedIn.
0: It is an important point. And I learned that over time. And as I saw that I really did that, I noticed the amount of people that would either comment or would send a message, a follow-up message. And I'm like, wow, okay, they didn't do that for the previous post. So then I began to really do exactly what you said, making sure I tagged the right people. And I think one step that I did that the only thing I would add is there are other organizations that you can share it through. So in tagging the right people, I began to tag some of the other professional organizations that I was with. Or some of the other nonprofit boards that I might have been on to make sure that it's getting into their um, line as well. So I, I think you're right. It's learning that is so important, and you know I learned it from other people's posts as well. Um, so I think it is something that you can copy and adopt, you know, for your particular you know area or expertise to be able to do so. That lingo, I would say. It's so important.
1: Yeah, I I, I just love that you gave those examples because I think it can be sometimes intimidating for leaders to think about, you know, LinkedIn is a specific platform and sometimes they'll say, oh, I'm not a social media expert, Anthony, or I don't know. And I'll say, look, you know, your industry is so complex. You've taken so long to learn this. You know, all of these things that most people don't know trust me, you can learn how to use a hashtag. You know, it's it's way easier than what you do in your day job. And so, you know, demystifying that a little bit and hearing directly from other leaders who they understand do that themselves, I think is so important. But speaking of other kind of leaders, I think that one of the areas of pushback I sometimes hear from folks is they might hear what you were saying about, oh, okay, I got this thing posted to Good Morning Accenture and I'm posting this to LinkedIn and I'm doing this and they may think, gosh, I'm just so uncomfortable with self promotion. I don't want to um you know have people going, what is this person doing? And I know that's a challenge that a lot of leaders struggle with. Is how do you promote your good work and the outcomes but you know maybe find the the right way to do it. And you and I have talked about this before and how each of us kind of you know growing up had got certain signals and messages around this. So can you talk a little bit about that idea of self-promotion, finding your voice as a leader, um, you know, what you've had to the kind of the journey that you've gone through with that and and I think there are a lot of folks who who might benefit from hearing your story there.
0: Oh yes. that has been a struggle and you you hit it right when he said it's a journey. I'm from Arkansas and I was raised. My parents were told my sister and I, do your work, put your head down, do your work, and do not cause any trouble and do not, you know, go boasting or bragging about anything. But then I also understand that people will not get to know some of the good work you've done. Um, so they don't know what you've done. So I think there's that middle ground that you have to play. But what I found is a lot of things that we do are team efforts. And being able to share that success that, you know, you've been able to do. so yes, we might have been have won this award, but I've also had, you know, this team behind me that's been able to also contribute to that. That was the step that also let me, gave, you know, get that foot in and not feel that awkward way of just, you know, saying, oh, look at me. It was more of, I really want to share the hard work that we've done. And I'm grateful that we're being, you know, acknowledged and awarded for what we've done. And so I think that does take away some of the, the stress off of leaders of just putting themselves out there, but looking at it more as a collective team effort. Um, And that was how I was able to begin to share a lot of the awards that Accenture was winning in this space, because I started realizing there's a lot of hard work that goes into this. And you do want people to see that, but you also want to make sure that you're saying, here are some of the things I did. So maybe if you can do that, you know, other people are winning those awards too. But, you know, the other thing, Anthony, I'm not sure we talked about, but that I would also say in this is I love celebrating the success of everyone else. So if I see that someone has gotten an award, I love to forward that on LinkedIn. And I will add my comments of what I know about that individual or that business that has contributed to them winning this award. And so I think that also has helped me and being able to share some of the success so that I can share that and celebrate everyone's success as well.
1: I lo- you know, I think it totally works for for you, Nidra, in that um, you aren't I mean, look, you are on stage accepting a lot of awards for Accenture, and that's such a great thing. But you are elevating others who are also getting celebrated. And I think the fact that you do that, makes it work really well because you get so much engagement and positive feedback. You can just see the likes and the comments and the shares on your posts. And one of the sort of pillars that we've seen for chief influencers is that those who are most successful, they do exactly that. They elevate others. And what's interesting about it is not only does it feel better to be elevating other people and celebrating them, right? It's just a great thing to Mm -hmm. do. But it works better because when you bring more people into the conversation, invite more people to the party. Well, guess what? That's more people who feel ownership and they like and they comment and they share and they tell somebody and it reaches more people. It achieves its goal. So it strategically works better, but it also just feels better because you're celebrating a community and everybody is moving forward together.
0: Absolutely. And I believe that. I didn't get where I am at Accenture by myself. And you have to pay it forward. And so that's exactly what I believe in.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I want to talk a
1: little bit about go back to social media specifically. So you talked about both internal tools like Good Morning Accenture, but LinkedIn is a is a platform that you use a lot. I think a lot of folks might assume that your internal tools would be how you'd reach the people who work with you at your company, whether you use Teams or Yammer or Slack or whatever, and that you know LinkedIn would be for people who don't necessarily work at the company. But of course, Accenture is so big, you're never going to meet all of these people in person, right? When you have hundreds of thousands of people. Can you talk about how you have found LinkedIn is a platform that you can use to reach your own coworkers?
0: Oh yes, that's one of my my favorite stories. Is I had posted um, about actually an award that Accenture had received, and I was able to name a lot of our team members that really helped do this. And I actually had a coworker, you know, comment was like, "I've been at Accenture for ten years and didn't know we had this capability," and was so excited. And so from there, we ended up reaching out to each other internally. Meeting and having coffee, and now that's someone that I really consider a very close colleague. But I think about it that if I hadn't posted that, and I actually tagged Accenture and several different departments within Accenture, then that's how it reached to my coworker, and we ended up laughing about it. And we share that story actually internally because we want to encourage more people to go out to our social media platforms and really look at some of the great things that you might meet other people within Accenture. And so it was, I've done that several times and because I have a global role, it's great that when people will say, oh, if you're coming to our office in Brazil, I would love to meet you in person. And so that has really helped me even build the brand on a global basis when you think about it. So yes. I thought that was amazing that it was someone from Accenture saying, wow, I would like to meet you. And it has just been um, not one time, but many times. And as I said earlier, on a global basis.
1: Yeah, I think it's such a great reminder that how are we going to possibly build champions on the outside of our companies if we don't have those connections and champions on the inside, right? Right. And so by starting at the, the, I think of it as a bullseye, starting at the center of the bullseye and figuring out who are the people who are most important to get this message out to. Uh, just because LinkedIn's a public platform doesn't mean we can't use it to reach our own coworkers or our own partners. And of course it has the added benefit of it gives us exposure um, to a larger audience as well. But I I observe how you do that on LinkedIn. And I just think it's a really powerful lesson for even people whose companies may be much smaller. (laughs) Most companies are much smaller um, because so many people are working from home at least part of the time, if not working remotely all of the time, they're much more distributed. And so these platforms give us an opportunity to keep those relationships up and have little sort of micro touch points with our colleagues.
0: You know, absolutely. And I also think it really goes to show that you will have mutual connections. And, you know, that also gives you that other connection point when you're not sure how you want to start a conversation with someone. And you realize if you're posting, you know, things you might have mutual friends or colleagues that you don't know of and that also can give you that starting point. So I do think that that's another reason why we should leverage the platform and you know begin to really expand or even see how large it is, but you can also see how small it is when you see that you might have mutual friends.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great point. That's a really great point. I think that when we are trying to um break through and get our message out there, obviously, we have to be willing to experiment. And you've talked a lot about how you've done that. One example I wanted to ask if you could elaborate on for us is that I saw, um, it was on LinkedIn, an augmented reality experience that that was created um, at Accenture that, that you were involved with. And uh, it was pretty cool. And I just wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, the process of that, you know, AR is kind of a new fun thing and um, how trying something new and different creates an opportunity to connect with people and to get noticed.
0: Yes, that's actually another one of my favorite success stories is, you know, um, a woman-owned business, AP42, was really, you know, very small company but it, it goes back to, I think everyone should just have a conversation. And having this conversation with Amelda, who's the founder and CEO, it was amazing to just say, you know, what are you working on? And I'm like, wow me with some amazing things you're doing. And she began to show me how she was using augmented, augmented reality. And I was just fascinated. And it really goes to show how Small and diverse businesses are, I mean, have such innovative ideas and can collaborate with such large corporations. So then she and I decided to sit down and we wanted to ideate together. And I had this idea that I really wanted to award those champions, as we've just talked about inside Accenture. I wanted to award our innovative diverse suppliers that we work with so much. And I also wanted to reward our clients that have been on this journey with us. And sitting down with her, it was mostly her idea where she said, let's really bring something different to everyone and let's do it in a life-size you know, format to where everyone can do something and get to know these businesses on a different level. And so we were able to go in, do a lot of recording and use the technology of the augmented reality and create life-size banners and really go in and hear everyone's story. And we put these around our innovation hub and we were able to just hear their story. And it was so great and well-received that we took it a step further and where she made me a hologram. And she shaved off 10 pounds. So I really like that technology diet that she was able to do. But it was a new way of what you said earlier. How do we meet the group that some are working from home, some are working from the office? And this was a different, unique way to do it. But it goes back, Anthony, to what you said earlier. I took that step on taking an opportunity that was not right in front of me. This was something of sitting down, having the conversation with a diverse supplier and really beginning to learn the capabilities that they have. So this also demystified that diverse suppliers are small, too risky to work with large corporations. This was really her idea and we began to ideate together to come up with this solution. So I was able to to interview our global CEO, Julie Sweet, on this platform that was developed by one of our women-owned businesses.
1: That's so cool. And I I love the kind of full circle connection because Accenture obviously uh, prides itself as being one of the globe's foremost leaders in technology and augmented reality is obviously an emerging technology that's becoming more popular and you were able to use a small business, an entrepreneur, one of your diverse suppliers that had a capability there and do something that was very niche and specific, which which a, a giant company at scale would not have necessarily been the right vendor for something like that because you were experimenting with something new and bring that in. And obviously it got noticed by uh, folks all over the organization, including you know your global CEO who was part of the project.
0: Yes, it, it really does. And, you know, even now when we think of the metaverse and, and gen AI, as we're starting to do all these new technologies, I think that's where we can see, um, we can leverage a lot of small and diverse owned businesses because they can fill the gaps in the supply chain that we're starting to see. And even some of the, the more technologies, diverse suppliers are on the ground running. So they can begin to, you know, really scale up and do things a lot faster than sometimes the large corporations can do. So that's why I think it's so important that we collaborate and co-innovate together.
1: Yeah. You know, you've talked so much about the very, um, I mean, you have this positive energy, you have this really collaborative approach of bringing ideas forward. But sometimes I imagine as a leader, you know, we, we all have to find ways to advocate and push things a little bit more when, you know, it's, it's, it's sometimes can, there's a challenge that sometimes to overcome. You shared a great quote when you recently, and congrats, by the way, became board chair of WeBank, which is just such an incredible, um, uh, You know, organization, and just you've been a leader within the organization for a long time. So, really fantastic that you're now at the helm of the board. But um, you shared a quote that you like, and maybe you could share it. I'd rather you share it with everybody than than me and talk a little bit about what it means to you.
0: Yes, um, so many things that you see as you grow your career in a large corporation. So it's really important for people to be seen and to be heard. So one of my quotes was, if there's not a seat for you at the table, grab a chair and pull it up. And that means that you need to really make yourself heard and seen. And not everyone's going to invite you to the table, but that doesn't mean that you can't be at that table. So take your chair, have them move over and sit down and share your story. And when you get a chance to do that, People will now begin to listen. And so that's why it's real important when people say, do you have a seat at the table? Well, not everyone does, but you can bring your own chair. And I think that's so important.
1: Nidra, I, I believe some of the best ideas um, that leaders have, they sometimes come from unexpected places. They're not exactly what their peers or their competitors are doing. And I just want to close by asking if you could share where you have found inspiration for your own personal brand, for your strategies to champion diversity and inclusion outside of the industry that you operate in. And, and that might be, you know, outside of the you know, consulting and strategy world, or even outside of the, um, the world of diversity and inclusion. But just, you know, you stand out, you're, you're so effective at what you do. What has inspired you to do this?
0: Well, I think that as I've moved my career at Accenture, I didn't get here by myself. Someone has always been that advocate, that sponsor, and they've helped me. And so my inspiration comes from, I have to pay it forward. And I think it's so important to look at just people who aren't really bold enough to speak or, you know, say, hey, look at me, this is what I'm doing. And so I take my inspiration from my parents. My mom was a nurse and my dad was a coach. But I really look at the entrepreneurs. I look at what you do. And I do not understand the energy and just the day in persistence that entrepreneurs have to go through. So I get my inspiration from you, from my parents. Um, I get it from people I've met that are constantly helping others. So I believe in paying it forward and you will see that others can also flourish. And then all I ask of them is to pay it forward as well.
1: And And telling me, I heard this for the first time that your dad was a coach that that clicks for me because that um that coach approach is something that I now that you say that have seen you take both you know in person but also in the way that you show up through your brand elevating others celebrating others moving that forward so that's that's really cool that your parents have been such an inspiration for you um we've heard so much today about the power of inclusion and supplier diversity and strategies that you have used that I think so many of us, wherever we are in our in industries or careers, can learn in terms of uh, platforms like LinkedIn and learning the lingo and engaging with the right people. And I think especially, I just love your um, your leaning into the personal brand of shoes and how that authenticity, has gotten you noticed and helped get supplier diversity noticed up to the most senior levels of Accenture. So tons of lessons to unpack that we learned. Thank you so much for being with us today. Can you tell us all, for folks who wanna pay attention and follow you and learn more, where should they go? Should they go to LinkedIn or should they look somewhere else?
0: I know, they should go to LinkedIn. Um, I really love the platform. Um, So definitely reach out to me um, on LinkedIn with my name at, you know, Nidra Dixon. And um, I'm also on um, Facebook as well. I love to share a lot of those stories and success stories as well as the shoes from around the world. But I also would love to say to leverage you, I love following the amazing things that you've done as well. You're an inspiration Of what you're doing, especially when I get a chance to go and see everything you do on a farm. Um, I look for my inspiration there. But um, I want to say, yes, look for me on LinkedIn and I'm excited to do more new connections as well as, you know, learn from others on there. So please tag me on anything that you would like for me to learn. You will engage back,
1: you will comment back, you will respond. I know you will because you're so active. So, Thank you again, Nidra Dixon. It was such a pleasure having you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Chief Influencer, a production of Social Driver and the Communications Board. If you know a leader who should be featured as a chief influencer, please nominate them at chiefinfluencer.org. For show notes and more, visit us at chiefinfluencer.org or follow Chief Influencer on LinkedIn. Until next time.